So a little different today, unless you're watching online or at Midlothian, then it's pretty much the same. But our Colonial Heights campus will also be watching on video today. Karen and I, two Friday nights ago, had to respond to a tragic death of a young person in our neighborhood. As it turns out, both the person who died and another family member tested positive for COVID. The contact, the amount of time that we were there mandated our getting tested and quarantined. I did not find all this out till Wednesday, and by the time I could get tested, it was not in time to know results for today. So we're at home staying away. To be clear, as I film this on Wednesday, Karen and I have no symptoms to this point, and no one is filming me right now. We're being safe. Please, please keep us in your prayers. Uh, you know, another more enjoyable announcement in honor of Martin Luther King Day tomorrow, I'm a part of a virtual gathering uh, that is in our community and, and have a message. It's only about six or seven minutes long, and we'll be putting that out tomorrow. I sure hope you'll have a moment uh, to watch that. And now to our message. As we have begun to understand why we do family, I hope we've been motivated and encouraged with uh high call of holiness, the opportunity to learn about God and to practice being like him through a set of relationships that we call family. As we work through this, I know neat thoughts in here can become tough assignments at home. So here's a truth to grasp. God is okay with giving tough assignments. In Isaiah 53, it says, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. That's Jesus. And the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. It was the will of the Father to save us from our sins. And the will for the Son was to be crushed on the cross. It was that will that Jesus prayed, I'd rather not, but your will, not mine. And that will prospered in Jesus' hands. Will God's will for us as a husband, wife, father, mother, child prosper in our hands? When I say tough assignments, we're not all dealing with the same thing. I'm aware that in some of our home, there resides adultery, abuse, addiction, absence. I know that as we go through this, we wonder, does, does my situation warrant some kind of exception? And, and perhaps it does, but we tend to want to get to exceptions quickly. If there's an exception to be employed, it is after the will of God has prospered in your hand. Today, let's think about the will of God for a husband. The will of God for a husband is to make real to his wife what the sacrifice of Jesus looked like. And in so doing, better understand that sacrifice himself. Husbands, is the will of God prospering in your hands? Are you wondering what that even means or looks like? Well, God has a picture for us. Let's turn this morning to Ephesians 5, 25 through 29. It says, for husbands, this means, now, this means takes us back to verse 21, where we are all commanded to submit to one another. That's not a word just for wives, but all of us. So now in verse 25, we're being told what submission looks like for husbands. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, 
Husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. So if we were to answer the question, why would you be a husband? The answer might be, oh, it's an incredible opportunity to learn to lovingly lead like Jesus. I bet they don't ask you any more questions. <laughs> you know, historically, men have tended toward two other directions than loving leadership. One, they abdicate leadership to the wife. And in our world today, that almost sounds honorable. In reality, more than likely what is going on is that we're too lazy, don't know how, or didn't even know that we were to lead. The other direction is to use this role not to abdicate, but dominate. This is what has often made the biblical concept of male headship seem backwards. The the husband feels some kind of biblical authority to be a bully, to proclaim he's always right. He uses his God-given role to make himself the center of the home. In Matthew 20, verses 25 to 27, Jesus addresses leaders who use leadership to serve themselves, and he makes it really clear that is not God's leadership. God did not make you the head of the home for the home to serve your needs. Leadership is not demanding your wife submit or your kids obey, but leading and building an environment where they choose to do that, where they want God's will for their lives. Karen and I have a a couple that we're close to from our past, and they're both a godly couple, very mature in the faith. And and I remember when they were getting married, the, the, the guy asked me, how can I be the leader of this home. You see, his wife was just so strong in the Lord. She was a a great Bible teacher, a soul winner, a faithful servant in the church. Now, there was nothing wrong with him, but how does he lead her? You know, that question shows our misunderstanding of leadership. Leadership in the home is not a statement about who's the most mature or the strongest. It's a command. The man chooses to lead because it's how God designed the relationship to function, not because he's better, smarter, or more spiritual. The wife chooses to submit because that's how God designed the relationship to function, and that function will result in showing God to a family, friends, a community, a church, and bring about the best intimacy and oneness in marriage. Men, it's our job to give submission a good name. Now, this passage is telling us how to do that. Jesus shows us a loving leadership that is sacrificial. You know, in the Gospels, we see in Jesus' life many wonderful examples of what love does. But this passage does not point to Jesus' life in general. It points very specifically to the cross. Husbands, love your wives as my son loved the church when he went to the cross Love your wife like that. Now, now what was Christ doing there? Well, he was, he was meeting our need, the need to have our sin forgiven so we could know and relate with God. Did he do this because we deserved it? No. Did he do this because we were being the kind of wife we should be? No. Th- think of what that picture answers. Hey, God, how far do I go in serving my wife? Well, as far as the cross. Well, no, I mean, I mean how much do I have to put up with? Well, as much as the cross. Lord, I don't think you're getting my question. When can I be done? Well, when you're on the cross. 
Now, not likely any of us will have to go to the cross for our wives, but that would seem to make anything less easier. Now, while we may not hang on a cross for our wife, a wife should see that kind of devotion, that kind of commitment to sacrifice in our words, our attentiveness, our reactions. This also implies that like Jesus, we actually know their need. We've observed, we've listened, we've understood, we've prayed, and we know from the Father how best to serve that need. What, what if every Sunday night with a new week out in front of us, we wrote down, my wife's physical need this week is, her spiritual need is, her emotional need is, one of each. Do I know one in each category? Have I prayed about that? And what will I do this week to take care of that? If you're not sure of one of more of those, never underestimate just asking her. Now, make sure she's sitting down so she doesn't hit her head when she passes out. And just to be clear what we're talking about, physical needs, hey, fixing the toilet, taking the car in, helping the kids, giving a hug. Emotional needs might be things like comfort, security. She feels loved, supported, heard, and valued. Spiritual needs, someone praying with them, encouraging them in their walk with the Lord, and likewise, letting them know how much they're encouraging you in the Lord has meant to you. And and then maybe about Saturday, we ask ourselves, can my effort this past week to meet her needs be held up to the cross? That's, That's the goal, husbands. I will strive to make my effort to serve my wife's needs be comparable to Christ's effort on the cross for me. You may already be thinking, well, what about my needs? Who Who helps me? You know, one of the names God gives us to call him is Helper. So he gave you this assignment, so ask him for help. So Jesus shows us a loving leadership that sacrifices. Jesus also shows us a loving leadership that bestows value. Our activity in our wife's life should do the same thing that Christ's activity did for the church. And we see that in verses 26 to 27. Now, more than likely, if you go there and read those two verses, you're going to go, huh? You know, in these verses, we see that Jesus' work did things like sanctify, cleanse, wash, make holy and blameless. I mean, this is the activity of Christ that, that washed our sins away and made it possible for us to be declared holy, to be seen by God with no blemish on our lives. In other words, Christ made us beautiful. He gave us value. Men, our loving leadership should bestow beauty and value on our wife. Like above, we do that with our attentiveness, with our words, with our actions. We do that by serving the needs we just talked about. This is just simply understanding that my actions leave her beautiful and valued or something less. You know, every time you leave that house, just simply ask yourself how you left her. So Jesus' loving leadership sacrificed, it bestowed value, and lastly, Jesus shows us a loving leadership that cares for her as himself. This passage tells us to love our wife like we would our own body. We show the same commitment to serving her need as we would if it was our need. You know what? If I'm thirsty, I get up and get water. If I want to be entertained, I turn on the TV. If I want if I want to get something new, I figure out how to get it and make it happen. You know, it's interesting how rarely we tell ourselves no. We're very committed to meeting whatever this asks for. So now your wife's need becomes the same as this body's need, meaning you do what it takes to serve that need. You'd only say no to her when you'd say no to yourself. Otherwise, you make it happen. 
that's what my body does for me. And here's where it gets challenging because remember our first point is that loving leadership is sacrificial. So now I care for my wife's need, not only as if it was my own, but if meeting her need mean mine, means mine goes unmet, so be it. Loving leadership means I lead the home in being like Jesus. The reason to be a husband is to have this one person you practice being Jesus with day in and day out for most of your life. You practice sacrifice. After thinking through all this, I came to the conclusion, I'm a pretty good husband as long as I don't look at Jesus. But wow, when I do, when I consider these ideas being presented here, the target set before me of what it means to be a husband to a wife, then honestly, it, it's, it's a little discouraging. <laughs> you know, it's easier to not be like Jesus, and I'm tempted by easy. You know, like me, you may feel so far from this, you may even wonder what is even the point at this point. Hey, you remember when we were kids and playing ball and we messed the play up just horribly? What did the coach say? Run it again. You know, Jesus' love is our playbook. Run that play. And go ahead right now and hear Jesus in his grace and his mercy say, let's run it again. That's the purpose of this relationship, to keep practicing. You know, when I grasped that this week, it really made me appreciate that, that Karen lets me practice being like Jesus on her because there's been a lot of days We both have heard Jesus say, let's run it again. Let's pray. And as I go to pray, I I, kind of want to incorporate into this prayer kind of this, you know, where we are right now in our 21 days of prayer. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in this moment. And uh, Lord, I I want to say thank you. Lord, there's a lot of things in life that are difficult to figure out. And every time I turn to your word, there's the command, there's the direction, there's the picture. And Lord, when I, when we think about what it means, what it looks like to be a husband, you make it very clear. You don't, you don't just give a command, you actually give us a picture in your own son, Jesus. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray for myself, for all the husbands that are listening, for all the, the young men that might one day be a husband. Oh, God, I pray we go into that relationship today to be like you, to practice, to show, to model sacrifice. Lord, we ask for your help in doing that. We thank you for our wives that let us practice. Lord, I also come before you in the midst of this 21 days of prayer that we're in. And Lord, just ask that as we continue to pray through this time, 14 days still to go, Lord, Lord, guide us in what we're praying for. I know, Lord, when I pray, I most of the time come into that with an agenda. I already come into that with a, a list of things I know I want, things I know I'm going to say. Lord, I pray that maybe as we go into these next seven days, we practice a stillness and a quietness. And we just kind of wait on you to lead. Lord, how do you want me to pray for my family? What do you want me to pray for my family? God, what and how do you want me to pray for our nation? God, what and how do you want me to pray for our church? Lord, give me the ability just to be still and quiet and just wait for your prompting, wait for your word to guide me. And how 
I need to, we need to be praying. God, would you hear our prayers? It is a, it is a desperate time. It's a desperate time because what's going on in our homes, it's a desperate time because of what's going on in our nation. And God, we don't just want answers, we want you. We want you, God. We want what only you can do. And, and God, when we get the answer, I don't even want to be talking about the answer. I want to be talking about the God who gave the answer. Oh, God, hear our prayers. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's uh, pray we're all okay and, and ready to get back at this next week. I love you. I'm praying for you. God bless. Have a great week.